God bless you. Good morning. You can be seated. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, those of you joining us online, we want to welcome you as well. So glad you are. Uh, second service is our sermon, and we're currently in a verse-by-verse study through First Peter. And today our text will be chapter 2, the first three verses. I'll encourage those of you that are here to turn there at this time. And if you're able, I'll ask you to stand. You can follow along as I read. If not, where you're seated is fine. The Apostle Peter, by the Holy Spirit, continues and writes, verse 1, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. That's a mic drop right there, verse 1. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now, verse 3, that you have tasted that the Lord is good. And He is good. Let's pray. If you would, please join with me. Oh Lord, thank You so much. Lord, we're so grateful to You for Your Word. And this time that we have together today in Your Word as a church body. And Lord, we're just so grateful for the body. And we pray for our brother, Mike Peterson, who's on staff here overseeing our AV ministry. And Lord, we're just so thankful for his recovery from the surgery, a miracle unto itself. And so Lord, now we just want to pray for a complete and total recovery, and that he would return soon. And uh, Lord, thank you so much for him. Keep him for us and us for him. Lord, would you now at this time, as only you can and always do, just get our attention and hold our attention so our minds don't wander. And as you do, Lord, just speak into our lives, because we are a needy people. <laughs> we are a hungry people, and we are a thirsty people. And only you can satiate that hunger and that thirst that we have in our souls. Lord, I know many are weary and heavy laden, but you, Jesus, said, if we are heavy laden and weary and burdened, that we can come to you and that you will give us rest for our souls because your burden is light and your yoke is easy. Thank you, Lord, that it is. So we come to you, we cast all of our burdens on you, and we just want to hear you as you speak in that still small voice of the Holy Spirit. So Lord, speak, we pray. Your servants are listening, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, you can be seated. Thank you. So <laughs> I want to talk with you today about our healthiness spiritually, our spiritual health, and more importantly, what it is that we can do when we're spiritually sick. I mean, we talk about being physically sick. We talk a lot about our physical health, especially in this day in which we're living. 
I think about what the Apostle Paul wrote by the Holy Spirit about how that physical exercise does have some profit. But spiritual exercise is much more profitable. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. I just wanted to, by way of disclaimer, mention that right out of the chute, because I'm getting a new body. <clears throat> anyway, so I digress. But let's talk about our spiritual fitness. Let's talk about our spiritual health. Let's talk about our spiritual diet. I hate that word. Don't you? As one so aptly noted, is the first three letters in that word, die? That, that's it right there. Okay, I'm sorry, I digress again. But our spiritual diet, our spiritual health, here in the text this before us today, the Apostle Peter, by the Holy Spirit, is addressing one of the common problems in not just the life of a church, but certainly in the life of a Christian. So what I want to do in our time together today is talk about three ways to get healthy spiritually by making the necessary changes in what I crave, key word, as we'll see in a moment, and as such, feed on. What I crave, my spiritual cravings, and what it is that I do in order to satisfy those cravings. So the first thing, <laughs> verse 1, you got to love verse 1. We're going to need to spend a little bit of time on verse 1. Get rid of all the junk. Um, by way of uh, illustration and comparison, we've got a list here of five junk emails that sit, <laughs> well, if you got a better one, let me know, I'll use it. But five junk emails that sit in the inbox of our Christian lives. And they're crashing the hard drives of our spiritual lives. Uh, junk food, fine, we'll talk about that. I'll use that illustration too. Don't think for a second I'm not going to use junk food as an illustration, but this is junk. And the first thing to do in order to get healthy is to get rid of the junk. Rid yourself of these five junk foods, if you prefer. The first one, malice. You know what malice means? It's, uh, from where we get the word malicious. Malice is wanting something bad to happen to someone. Oh, come on. Don't look at me all spiritual and everything. That's malice. When you actually wish something ill, you have malicious intentions ill will for someone else. That's called malice. Get rid of it. Deceit. Well, this is self-explanatory. We talked about that in the Prophecy Update today. The demonic deception. Get rid of deceit. How about this one? Oh, we don't like to talk about this one. Hypocrisy. Ooh busted. Especially as a church, right? You've heard the, 
the saying, you know, when you invite somebody to church and their response is something along the lines of, well, I'm not going to go to church. It's, the church is full of hypocrites. They're right. So I usually say to them, hey, we can always use one more. So come on. <laughs> this word uh, hypocrite or hypocrisy in the original language carries with it the idea of an actor. So you know the, the theater uh, uh, icons and images of the actor's mask? So it's a two-faced, what's on the outside is not representative of what's on the inside. So you've got a scowl and a frown on the inside, but you put on the hypo hypocrisy mask, and it's got a smile on it. That's hypocrisy. You're hypocritical, duplicious. Uh, we got uh, two more, and the worst is last, so hang on to your seats. Envy. Now this is interesting because it's not synonymous with jealousy. Jealousy is, I wish I had what they have. That's jealousy. That's covetousness. Envy, whole different level. Envy says this, I don't have what they have, so they shouldn't have it either. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm not doing so well right now either. But it's this last one. Oh my goodness. Now some of your translations render it evil speaking, uh, but it's actually slander and gossip. And I can't even begin to articulate or communicate to you how strong it is in the original language of the Greek New Testament. It carries with it this idea of having such maliciousness in your heart. So you're malicious towards, deceitful to, hypocritical with, and envious of those whom you slander. Now, we need look no further than to what I'll affectionately refer to as the Apostle Paul's lists. Let me explain. Throughout his epistles, he has these lists. He lists all of those who will not inherit the kingdom of God. These are all of the things that are an abomination in the sight of the Lord. And I, I call them the lists, because he sort of grocery lists all of these things. Example, murder, sexual immorality. And he goes down this list. And I mean, you're wincing as he goes down this list. And then <laughs> he says, gossip. Wait, murder gossip. Wait, on the same list? Yeah. Are you telling me that gossip and slander rises to the same level as murder? Yes. How about this one? Uh, Proverbs 6. It might be chapter 7. Give me a break if it is. Six things the Lord hates. Hates. Yea, seven that are an abomination in the sight of the Lord. 
Now, abomination is not a word we use much in our vocabulary. An abomination? Yeah. The seventh one on that list? Yeah. So you, you go down that list, hands that shed innocent blood. I mean, it, it's, it's so intense. And then you get to that last one, that's an abomination. You know what it is? The one who sows discord among the brethren. That's an abomination? Yeah. So slander and accusations, false accusations? Yeah. Well, think about it. Who was the first recipient of said false accusation? God. Where was the first discord sown? In heaven. Who was the first one to slander and falsely accuse? Lucifer. That's how deadly it is. That's how dangerous it is. And here's the thing when it comes to slander and hurtful gossip. And again, you, you, in, in the English language, there's just not enough words to really grasp the intensity of the meaning behind this. But here's the thing about slander. It destroys the slanderer. Not only will you destroy the one you slander, the slanderer is also destroyed when they slander. I hope that came out right, because that's, uh, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? You're going to be destroyed. And God, who loves us so much, wants to spare us of the destruction that will always ensue in the slander. It's that, that whisper, see, this is how insidious, insidious it is. It's that whisper that, he, did you hear? No, what? Well, the Proverbs say it best. Gossip is so tasty. It's like it's delicious. I need some juice. Ooh, what? Tell me more. Ooh. Our sin nature craves it. It's so tasty and delicious, and we love it, and we participate in it. I want to say this, and I, <laughs> I say this in love. It is true. And when I say it, you're going you're gonna to understand what I'm saying is true. If someone is talking stink about someone else behind their back to you, I promise you they are talking stink about you behind your back to someone else. And here's what that looks like and sounds like and even smells like. <laughs> um, someone will say something to you about someone else, and it's got just this this flavor to it, this tone in it. And it's so accusatory and slanderous. And now you'll never be able to see that person the same way again. Example, uh, for lack of a better example. <laughs> I'll just try this one. It's not on my notes. Maybe it should be. Someone 
gossips about this brother and says, did you hear that he beats his wife? No! He's a wife beater. And then uh, him and his wife show up at church and they park next to you. No, better yet, they take your parking spot. <laughs> oh, the nerve. And then they have the audacity to come into church and that brother sits down next to you. Don't look at the person sitting next to you right now. And you're looking at them, you dirty, rotten, stinking wife beater, you. Uh, he's not. It's false. And now you've slandered him and you've assassinated his character. Because in the mind of fallen man, you are guilty until proven innocent. And I'm judge and jury, by the way. And by the way, uh, you're guilty. I just could tell by looking at you. You're, you. No matter what you do, you will never undo what was done to you vis-a-vis -vis slander. Do you kind of get why this is so serious now? Um, let me take it to just the next level, so to speak, and then I'll move on. Um, You show me a church body where people are slandering one another and gossiping about one another, I'll show you a sick church. I'll show you a very unhealthy church spiritually. And it's just a matter of time, by the way. It's terminal. And Satan knows it. He doesn't want Christians to know it. But it's just a matter of time. Because when it spreads like a cancer throughout the body, and it will, and it's just a matter of time, gone, dead. I could stand up here. I won't. This is, um, I've seen it. I've witnessed it. And I've seen the lives of people destroyed. I've seen young people that want nothing to do with the Lord, the things of the Lord. They'll never step foot back in a church. I've seen pastors' lives completely destroyed. I've seen marriages completely destroyed, divorced, all because of that. It's deadly. It's terminal. And if we have any hope of getting well spiritually and remaining healthy spiritually, we've got to get rid of all of it. Get rid of it. Rid yourself of any malicious thoughts towards someone. Maybe someone comes to mind right now, and the Lord has brought them to your mind right now. And you've had malicious thoughts towards them. You need to go to them and you need to ask for forgiveness. Hey, do it for your own health. 
spiritually, because it's eating you up inside. Envy, that'll eat your lunch and your dinner too, and then breakfast as well. But I mean, it'll just eat you up from the inside. I mean, here you're just fuming and seething. And here's the thing that'll really get you. They have no idea. And you find out that they didn't even know. And that makes you even more angry. This whole time I thought I was like getting even with you, and you didn't even know. You're destroying yourself. No wonder your prayers bounce off the ceiling, by the way. No wonder when you read the Word, it doesn't have the same impact that it once did. Maybe when you worship, it's not as intimate as it once was. Could it be because you've got this junk in your life? Get rid of it, man. Get rid of it. The hypocrisy. You know, I know I said I was just going to mention one thing, but this is one more, more one thing on hypocrisy. You know, it is such a, uh, how do I say, it? it is so freeing to just give up the act. That is a lot of stress to put on a show. I mean, just be real. Stop, stop play acting. Stop acting. Do you, do you realize you're getting crushed under the weight of your own pressure on your own self to be something you're not? Hey, breaking news, you're a sinner. You're a sinner. You're saved. But you're a sinner. You're a dirty, rotten, stinking sinner. And so am I. <laughs> so have a nice afternoon. What do we, we're, we, we, oh, we're so good at this too, by the way, aren't we? we? We pull into the parking lot, right? And before the guy takes our parking spot, and we, we, we put on the smiling face, we put on the mask. Praise the Lord. Oh, really? Oh, that's good. Because, you know, on the way to church, you weren't smiling. You were yelling at the kids. You pull into the church, put the mask on, praise the Lord. Come on, honey. Come on, sweetie. Let's go into the church. <laughs> Give me a break. That's hypocrisy. Jesus, the harshest words that came out of the Savior's mouth, He, he called them, you hypocrites. You, you guys are so, they're out there where everybody can see them making a show. Oh, you're so spiritual with their prayers. You hypocrites, go into your secret place and pray secretly. You, it's all a show for you. You got to put on a show. Listen, when you come, I'm sorry, I'm yelling. <laughs> but when you come to the place where you realize, wait a minute, I'm a sinner. I'm not going to put on a show. God is saving me. 
from my wretchedness. And I'm not going to put on this act like I'm all spiritual, because I'm not. I do this. Uh, it's self-deprecating, I realize. But one of the things that I make a conscious effort to do as your pastor, which is my privilege to be, is I never want to stand up here and talk at you or down to you. Like, I'm the pastor. <laughs> so that's why it is, by the way, that I'm very open. Sometimes it makes people very uncomfortable. That's like, I don't want to know that. That's too much information. You're too transparent. But don't ever put me on a pedestal. I'll take myself off of that pedestal, and then I will proceed to beat you up with that pedestal if you ever do that. <laughs> I'm the chief of sinners, Paul said, towards the end of his life. I struggle with pride. I'm very humble about my pride, but <laughs> very proud of my humility too, by the way. Just ask me, I'll tell you. I struggle with fear and anxiety. I mean, I never want to stand up here and pretend to have it all together. You know, like, I've arrived. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Boy, you laughed really fast on that one. I don't know what to make of that. So get rid of the junk. Get rid of the junk. Now, Number two, verse two, replace it with pure keyword cravings. You're going to replace the junk that you just got rid of? <laughs> I mean, this is amazing, and I, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but this is perfect, this comparison, this example of a newborn craving mother's milk. Now, moms who have nursed, you know something about this, right? and dads too, by the way. Uh, that, in fact, my wife still reminds me to this day when our uh, boys and our daughter were young and they would cry. I would grab them and I would shove them in front of my wife and say, nurse him. It's like, really? Again? Yeah. That's the only way they're going to stop crying. Because they're yearning, they're craving, they're needing for their very survival, let alone their health. Mother's milk. I learned a thing or two about nursing. <laughs> I know it's weird, but I did. It's very interesting. And I actually did it in the context of the writer of Hebrews talking about, you should be eating meat, but you're still on milk. Did you know that to this day, and again, we shouldn't be surprised, that uh, we, as uh, with modern medicine, cannot replicate mother's milk. Tell Bill Gates, somebody tell Bill Gates that. <laughs> the, um, the nutrients, the hormones that are in mother's milk are, ex and by the way, oh, I didn't mean to get this far into it, but real quick, it is part of the DNA for the very survival of that infant, that newborn. That mother's milk is like tailor-made for that baby. 
And the baby instinctively knows, I mean, it knows nothing except milk, mama. That's all it can th think and say and do is, I need milk now, now. And I'll let you know about it, because I'm not going to stop crying until I get it. That's what Peter is saying here. There should be within us. Now, see, we've gotten rid of the junk. So what are we going to replace it with? Something that's pure and healthy. And then now we've got cravings that heretofore we've tried to satisfy with these other things. Impure and unhealthy cravings. And then we develop a taste for those cravings. Because see, what you crave, you will develop a taste for. And what you develop a taste for, you will crave. We'll talk about that more in a moment. That's not a play on words, by the way. So now you've got these cravings. How are you going to try to satisfy those cravings? Don't go back like a dog to its vomit, to the junk. No, you're going to replace those cravings and satisfy those cravings with the milk, the pure milk of God's Word. That's what you're going to replace it with. You want to get healthy? That's how you're going to do it. Real quick uh, story, uh, personal. You'll forgive the personal reference. But um, when our daughter Noelle was born, we, uh, she couldn't nurse because, you know, she uh, just was unable. We ended up towards the end of her life before she died. We had to feed her through a tube. But um, we, we tried to get her as much of uh, mom's milk as we possibly could early on from when she was born. So we would have to do it through other means. But we were told that she would not have lived as long as she lived had she not been nursed with mother's milk. A friend of mine, a classmate of mine, by the way, back on the mainland many years ago, him and his wife had a son who eventually died at, I think, age two, had a rare genetic defect, not chromosomal like Noel. Um, the doctors told them that had they not nursed him as long as they did, he would not have lived as long as he did. You getting the picture here? This is our spiritual health here. We need the pure spiritual milk for our spiritual health. But again, we have this problem because we try to satisfy our cravings with junk. And the problem with that is we end up developing a taste for it. And that's our third and last one in verse 3, which is develop a taste for the Lord. Now, you've probably heard it said, maybe yourself have said, something to the effect of, you know, that kind of cuisine, you have to develop a taste for it. Not everybody likes the Mediterranean cuisine. I do <laughs> a lot. I developed a taste for it. I was, I was given it growing up. And so 
you know, lamb and I'm going to get very hungry here, grape leaves and cabbage rolls and, you know, ooh, you have to develop a taste for it. And you start craving it, by the way. Because isn't it true that, again, what you crave, you'll develop a taste for, and what you develop a taste for, you'll crave? Here's an example. The more sweets you eat, the more sweets you'll crave. Right? Um, Sugar, which is poison, by the way, just saying. So if you've got a butterfinger, throw it away, get rid of it, along with malice and envy and hip hop. Yeah. So here's how it works. You, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You, you have a sweet tooth, we call it. You know what that is, right? You're craving sweets. Why are you craving sweets? Because you had sweets and you told your body, mmm, and you developed a taste for it. And so your body's going, hey, I'd like me some more of that. So your body sends an email to the brain going, sugar, ice cream, Butterfinger, (laughs) whatever it is, whatever floats your boat. Why are you craving it? Because you've developed a taste for it. You know, people who go on these protein things and keto things, and they restrict any and all intake of any kind of carbohydrates or starch or sugars. It's not two or three days into it for some, not everyone, everyone's different. But two, three days into it, you lose any desire or cravings to eat that stuff. Right? I remember a while back, I, um, I just needed comfort food. Anyway, I, did, I decided to, you know, get some, I, French vanilla. French vanilla will be in heaven. Oh my goodness, so good. Just French vanilla. Don't put stuff on it. Just French vanilla. Oh. So I decided I'm going to get me some French vanilla. And you know how it is, right? You, you start, off, I'm not going to eat the whole thing. Famous last words. I mean, you start off, you know, I even get the smaller spoon. It's a psychological thing, you know, not the big one. I, you know, the scoop usually, I, but anyway, I've repented of that. So I, I, I got a spoon. I'm, I'm, I'm spooning this thing to death. And before I know it, the thing's completely gone. And I wanted more. I am sick. I'm full. You know how that is, right? You eat all the cookies. You're like, oh, I can't have any more. Not even one more. You sure? Five minutes later, is there any more cookies? I struck a chord here, didn't I? You know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Why is that? Because your body's craving it now. You said to your body, hey, this tastes pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah. And now your body is going to start relying on that energy source until you shut it off and restrict it. And then the cravings will stop, and then your body will start using its natural energy source, which is really the protein. That's how it is, by the way, that people lose weight. Again, I'm getting my, my new body, so <laughs> no need to, you know, anyways, 
probably shouldn't have gone back there, but I did. But do you feel my pain on that, by the way? I just, I'm thinking, now this, I mean, with all due respect to those of you that are into fitness, I, I have such a respect for you. Seriously, I do, because I know that I, I'm, I'm not like that. So, and I wish I was. In fact, I'm very envious of you for that. But you shouldn't have that body if I can't have that body. But anyway, I'm not doing so good here, am I? So I'm looking at this thing, and I'm, and I, and I'm, I'm looking at all of the pain and the the agony and the work and the effort. And I'm thinking, no, it doesn't doesn't seem like it's worth it to me. Can can you imagine you go through all of that and then the rapture happens? What was that for? Anyway, again, that's my story and I'm sticking with it. Okay, let's get back to the sermon already in progress. Okay, so are we good so far? We got rid of the junk, right? So now we've got this void that we need to replace the junk with that now we're craving. So what are we going to fill it with and replace it with? The Word of God. And then when you do that, you'll start craving it and developing a taste for it. Because when you taste of the Lord and you see that He is good, you're ruined. When you've tasted the Lord and the goodness of the Lord, here's, here's the illustration. And I've used it before. It's the best one I've got. Again, if you've got a better one, let me know. So you invite me over to your place for dinner. I mean, you've got this meal prepared. You've been slaving away. I mean, it is just ah, Mediterranean. The hummus, just enough garlic. Oh, the olive oil, the pita bread. That's just the poo poo. That was pretty good, wasn't it? I'm doing better on that, right? Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. I was working on that all week. So then here comes the main course. Oh, but there's a problem. On the way to your place for dinner, I started craving fast food. I drove by Taco Bell. Shouldn't have done that. Should not have done that. I know some of you want to throw up when you hear that, but not, not me. Just saying. I'm confessing my sins one to another. That's why so I, I, I make the fatal mistake of driving by Taco Bell, and it, it speaks to me, JD. And so I can't resist it. The cravings are too strong. I pull in the drive through and I whack down 12 tacos. (laughs) You know where I'm going. So 
where I'm going. It's to your place for dinner. <laughs> now, how hungry am I? How, how, how good would that food taste if I, you know, made like, oh, wow, I'm so hungry. No, you're not. You're full of junk. How good is it going to taste to me? It's not going to taste good at all. <laughs> it's not going to taste anywhere near how good it would taste if I came there having not filled myself with junk first. You know when you've not eaten and somebody puts dog food in front of you? I mean, it just tastes delicious. Why? Because maybe that was too far, but I mean, anything tastes good when you're hungry, right? That's the point. If you're craving and you've developed a taste for the Lord, nothing else will ever satisfy. Nothing will ever satiate that hunger and that thirst. Why? Because you've tasted of the Lord and He is good. He is good. Why in the world would I ever go to Taco Bell and have a taco when I can have prime rib? Oh, I shouldn't have went there. <laughs> that, that's stupid. Stupid's in the Bible, so don't look at me all spiritual and everything. That's just foolish. Is that better? That's foolish. But we do that. The only way we'll ever be satisfied. You know those, those refined taste buds that we have, or connoisseurs of, you know. <laughs> well, those taste buds are only going to be satisfied by the Lord, because only He satisfies. Would to God that we would be willing, willing keyword, to allow the Holy Spirit to search our hearts, search our lives, and just identify those things, the junk that needs to go, and then get rid of it. Because God's not going to force us. Just, he'll, he'll, he's always gentle when He does it. That's got to go, JD. That's got to go. It's making you sick. I want you to be healthy and strong spiritually. And this is keeping you from me. Here I've got this prime rib and you're, you're wanting to eat. Okay, I won't use the dog food again, but whatever it is. It's junk. Why? I've got prime rib for you. Get, get, get rid of that. Throw it out and come to me, and I will satisfy you. Whatever it is, let's replace it with the Lord. Develop a taste for the Lord. You know, it works both ways, right? This will be the last thing I'll close. Very important. Please don't miss this. So just as you crave sugar when you eat sugar, the more sugar you eat, the more sugar you crave. Well, it works both ways. The more you crave and feed on the Word of the Lord, the more you'll crave and feed on the Word of the Lord. 
The more you satisfy your cravings with healthy spiritual food, the bread of life, the more you'll crave it. It'll be the go-to. It'll be the first response, not the last resort. Reminds me of that husband whose wife said to him, Honey, we need to pray. To which he responded, Is it that bad? Oh, really, prayer is the last resort. The Word of God is the last resort. No, it should be the first response. You got a craving? Go right to the Lord with it. He will satisfy. He, you'll, hey, let's reverse. The, okay, this will be the last, last thing. Let's reverse the Taco Bell over to your place for dinner for prime rib analogy. So I go to your place for prime rib and, and grape leaves and cabbage rolls and hummus and baba ghanoush and all, all of the above. Wow. Thank you, by the way. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, and then you have French vanilla ice cream for dessert. <laughs> Got to get that in there. So afterwards, I am so satisfied. I'm like, <sighs> then I drive by Taco Bell. <laughs> and, and Taco Bell's going, JD, I'm like, what? What do you have to offer me? I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied. I'm, I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I have no cravings for the lust of the flesh. When Paul says, walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, you know what he's saying there, right? Fill yourself up with the Holy Spirit. You won't have an appetite for the flesh. It won't appeal to you. You won't crave it. You're too satisfied. You just had spiritual prime rib <laughs> and fresh vanilla ice cream. And now here's the temptation. It's like, psh, psh, just like that. Psh. <laughs> it's just, this, this is a no brainer. I'm not tempted at all, because I'm satisfied. I'm full of the Lord. Why don't you stand? Capone will come on up. We'll close in prayer. Ah, three verses, right? <laughs> so much. This is who you are, Lord, and your word. Oh, your word. Oh, God, your word. It's life. It's the bread of life. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of your mouth, O oh Lord. Oh, satiate us, Lord. Satisfy every craving that we have. And Lord, please, we need the Holy Spirit. We can't do it on our own. If we're to have any hope of getting rid of this junk, it has to be in the power of the Holy Spirit, because we don't have the willpower in and of ourselves to do it. We've tried. You have to do it, Lord. You have to do it from the inside out. The Holy Spirit that empowers us to live a holy and pure and healthy life, spiritually. And Lord, too, we need to emphasize our spiritual health. I think we neglect our health spiritually. We don't prioritize it. So please, Lord, forgive us for that. We want to be numbered amongst those of whom it can be said, 
Boy, look how healthy they are spiritually. So that any disease, dis-ease, <laughs> no can, because of our spiritual immunity, because we're spiritually healthy. Lord, thank you. We love you so much. In Jesus' name.